Shouldn't I be further along in my life? It feels like I'm doing the same thing, day in and day out. How do I go from where I'm at to where I want to be? There's got to be something more out there for me. Is it too much of a risk? What are people going to think? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? It's time to stop holding back. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to take a leap. It's time to find that drive, that passion, that fire. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's time to be at the top of the game. I'm done with being content. Welcome to the Finding Fire Podcast. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Finding Fire Podcast. And today we got to sit down with Alicia Lockie, a realtor. And one of the items that she brought up was the feeling of feeling chained to her desk at her old position. And I have a question for everyone listening. Whether you are an employee or maybe you're a manager or a business owner, do you think as an employee, if you feel like you are chained to your desk and you know you can't go out to lunch, you have somebody coming into town or you can't leave that 30 minutes or an hour or two early, do you feel like you do your best work if you have those feelings? And then from the managerial side or business ownership side, do you feel like your employees are going to do their best job for you? I know that it's catch 22 as an employee, you know, for myself, whatever I take, I also have to give back. And I think that's an important thing to realize and think about. Why don't you just kind of go in and tell us a little bit about your story, your journey and how you became a real estate agent. Sure. So I, well, I'm originally from the Twin Cities and then I was looking at schools where I wanted to go to college and it was between Milwaukee School of Engineering. I was going to be an architectural engineer. Uh, so I've always had a passion for architecture and appreciated architecture, or UMD or Madison. And for a number of reasons, I chose UMD and came up here, did my thing, started as a math major and realized I don't want to teach math, so I want to be talking to people and engaging in people, so I switched to a communication degree. Get out of college in four years, and I'm like, okay, it's time to find a job. I'm staying here. I watched all my friends go back to the cities, and yep, yep. I was like, I'm staying here. I love Duluth. I just want to prove it's here. And so, um, to date myself, that's when you're looking in the paper for, for um, jobs, right? Right. And I see this, this ad for account executive at this group of radio stations, and it sounds really flashy, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that. I can do that. Yeah. And um, then I learned I'm just like selling radio commercials. That's what the job sure. is, the, the low, flashy name. Low-level sales. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I did that for, so that was my first job out of college. And... Um, and I liked it, but I, I have always had an innate drive to want to strive to do more, be more, you know, and so I, I worked my way up the ladder there and after a couple of years started being, being the sales manager of one radio station and then it, it became three radio stations. And then an opportunity came when I was, I don't know, five years in the business or so that our general manager left and they asked me if I wanted to take on the position and I felt extremely underqualified. Um, I was scared to death. Um, so it was not only going to be the six radio stations in Duluth, but we had also just recently acquired six radio stations in Hidden. And they said, we're going to support you. We're going to train you. It's going to be great. 
And so I accepted the job because it seemed like an awesome next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it was miserable. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was, I, like, I feel like I've lost years out off of my life yeah. from the stress that I endured with it. What I learned very quickly about myself is that I love to manage myself. I don't love to manage other people. And so I just... But I'm not a quitter, right? So I I kept, you know, grudging along, doing my job. And in that time, I had had a salesperson that had come and gone and become a really good friend of mine. Her name is Shelly. And she had left radio sales and went into real estate. And so I watched her start this journey in real estate. And she would come bebopping in the office. They called me Bossarama. Hey, Bossarama, how's it going? Can you go to lunch today? And I literally felt like I was chained to my desk, you yeah. know, like that was yeah. the pressure and yeah. that I felt. And so I was just like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep this job, mm-hmm. but I'm not a quitter. So, um, we had it, it was just a little after a year of, of doing that. Um, my husband was, he was my boyfriend at the time. His dad had had a massive heart attack. And so we had all the, the suits in town from Green Bay and it was supposed to be this big meeting day. And I was like, I gotta go. You know, my husband and my boyfriend's dad just had a massive yeah. heart attack and he worked at the radio station as well. And so I just left. I didn't, it wasn't an ask. It was, uh, I'm going, oh, yeah. you know, family, <laughs> you know, whatever. All that is way more important. Yeah. And his dad's fine. Um, Good. Yeah. And when I came back in, they, they sat me down. Little did I know that part of the reason for being in town was that they said they knew that it wasn't working. They knew it was a struggle for me. Was a struggle for them. They appreciated what I had done. They wanted to keep me as the director of sales, but they wanted to bring in a different general manager. And I sat there, and I was just like, you know what? Thanks, but actually, I think I'm going to quit. I th- or I didn't say quit. I'm yeah. going to resign. Yeah. And like, I literally felt weight lift off my shoulders saying those words. I had no idea what I was going to do, yeah. I, yeah. but I knew that that was what I needed to have someone else to push me to do something else. And so I said, I'll, I'll stay and help you train in the new general manager, but consider this my resignation and let's work on a time and, and my exit strategy. And I went home that night and I called my friend Shelly and I said, tell me more about real estate. I see you coming in here, bebopping mm. in, you're in charge of your own schedule, you seem to be making money. Tell me more about this because I've always loved houses. And so within like a week, I had signed up for my real estate school and it timed out really well that I was able to get my licensing done while I was still working at the radio station. So I had a luxury that I know that not everybody has when they start a career that's commission based only that I was able to, you know, keep something going Mm -hmm. there while I was starting to sell. But um, I, I jumped in, you know, full steam ahead and, and I haven't looked back since. It was, and I, I started where my friend Shelly was working because I wanted to start with a small company. I wanted one-on-one attention. I had had a lot of training in selling puffs of air. Yeah. Uh, I was super excited to sell a tangible product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I needed training on, on that part. You know, when you come out of school, you, you're book smart, but you're not like, you know, street smart on how to be a good realtor. So. Um, so I picked a really good place. Sherry Vinji was my mentor and um, with Forefront Realty, and she was amazing. I made sure that I, I sat right next to her. Well, she only had a couple people in the office, and I listened to her on the phone, and I shadowed her on every appointment, and, and I knocked it out of the park. I had 14 sales in my first six months, and I was just like, this, 
is awesome. So yeah. um, it just made it really easy to not look at what was in the review mirror because I yeah. was so excited about what I was doing and where it was headed. So, sure. And that was in 2005. So okay. here we are, this many Almost years later. Yeah. yeah. So you had said that you have always really strived for excellence and like looking for that next thing to move on to. Do you contribute that to anyone or anything? Um, I don't know if I contribute it to anyone. Um, I, I probably attribute it a bit to my upbringing. So I'm the youngest of three, but I'm 10 years younger than my next sibling. My sisters sure. are 10 and 11 years older than me. So it's pretty much like an only child. And my parents ran their own business. And so I just was really independent always, you know, like they were, my sisters were already having kids in certain families by the time I was, you know, 12, 13. And, um, my parents were running their business and I was the last kid. And so it was just like, you know, it just kind of forced me to be independent and I, and I just handled it well. And so, yeah, I think that's probably mostly where it came from. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you, um, you told your, I mean, the company that you didn't want to be the, the sales director. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't obviously plan on that happening. You right. just made that decision. So did you go directly to, like, was it a straight shop to real estate? Or, like, when you were done at the radio stations, was there anything else? Like, well, maybe I could try this or try that. Or did you go, like, right to Shelly and say, real estate? Like, I just feel that. It's like, so you love houses. You're mm -hmm. independent. You're not a quitter. Is there anything else you dabbled in, or is it just straight to real estate? I went straight to real estate. It, it had to have been, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I bet I'd signed up for classes within a few days, not more than a week cool. from when I did that resignation. So, and so I had always loved architecture. Like I said, I took this drafting class in high school and I really liked it. And so, um, and I'm kind of engineer brained, you yeah. know, and so that's kind of <laughs> why I thought maybe I'd go that architectural engineer route. Mm -hmm. But then also my first house that I bought, it was a duplex. And so I had my upstairs was paying basically my mortgage for me at that time when I was working at the radio station too. So I was like, okay, well, there's this financial component of investment in real estate. Plus I love houses. Plus I look at Shelly with her free, you know, not free schedule, but ability to make her own schedule. And yeah. it just all was like, yeah, I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have had that feeling of, you had said chained to the desk. Mm -hmm. I can remember so many times where it's like, oh, I have friends that are getting together that, you know, have more of a flexible schedule and, oh, I only have 30 minutes and then I gotta be back in this cube. Oh, just like, <laughs> yeah. please get me out of here. Yeah. And for, for me with one of my first jobs, it was account executive, selling the websites and doing the whole deal. And it wasn't until, you know, I got forced out as well. We were, you know, a company came in, acquired us, and both me and Ryan actually, mm -hmm. we got let go, which ultimately pushed me into something new. But like, I don't know what at that point, how much longer I would have stayed there. Would I have stayed there for yeah. years if I would have got a promotion? Would I have taken it? Like, yeah. I think for a lot of people, they struggle with that, like that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to find anything. Or mm -hmm. so, kudos to you to go out and just hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out what it's about and go. Yeah. yeah. I think Thank that's you. super cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you've been in the real estate industry now for 16 years, 15 to 16 years mm -hmm. coming up here. Yeah. What would you say 
and I'm going, I'm going to go a little off script. I didn't give you this question. That's advance. fine. What would you say your, if you had to pick your superpower or why you've been successful in the industry for so long? Okay. I would say, um, I think that one of my superpowers is my ability to adapt and manage a situation. I am dealing with multiple personalities at any given time. I am really involved in people's lives, whether they're buying or selling. You end up spending sometimes a lot of time with these people and you really get to be a part of their family. I, I have... When people bring their little kids, sometimes the kids are like, is she living with us too? <laughs> you know, because I'm with them with every house we look at. But when people are, you know, if things aren't going well and they're stressed, well, that brings out a different part of their personality and I have to manage that. Mm-hmm. I also have to deal with the situation of that. And so I think just being able to um, mirror who I'm with, understand what is um, the best way to communicate with that person and then also being able to problem solve and being okay with saying, if I don't know immediately how I'm going to problem solve, saying, you know, we're going to figure this out and I might need a moment or whatever the case might be. And I'm not trying to make it sound like my job's all problems or anything like that, but um, just going through steps of things, you know, it's just really being able to to work through a situation no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you had to say, just because we were talking about that the other day of, how hard it is to like to be okay with saying I don't know or I'm gonna figure that yeah. out or you know let's go look at a couple more of these houses I'll have this answer for you tomorrow at by 10 a.m. or something like that and when you follow up and you actually do that like it's hard to like just to please them to come up with some sort of answer and then you dig yourself in a hole and who knows you know mm-hmm. where that could go but yeah we talked about that just the other day you're also helping people with probably one of the biggest purchases that they're ever gonna make in their life right mm-hmm. like that's stressful. I'm trying to buy a home and it's stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put an offer in, it gets rejected. Like, have you ever had a client where you weren't able to mirror their energy and it just, you know, fell apart, wasn't a good fit? And yeah. how did you handle it? Yeah, there's been cases like that. It's just over the years with the amount of people and the amount of business that you do over time, it, it is bound to happen. And um, ultimately, if if someone's not happy with my style of business, then I don't, and we're in a, in a contract together, I don't want to make them have to stay to work with me. You know, like mm-hmm. let's, let's all be happier and in <laughs> part ways and do something else. And that's, and that probably takes some years of experience and, and it has not happened very often, but in the times that it has, it's like, you just gotta be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be able to please everybody. You know, mm-hmm. that's just not, it's just not possible. Yeah. So. Just try, it takes some time and it takes some experience to be okay with it, but. Yeah, not everybody's for everybody, right? Right. So. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> I was just gonna ask, you know, the market today, how, how do you see real estate evolving over the next, let's go short term, two to three years? Oh, it's changed so much. So I'm going to go backwards on your question a little bit before I answer it. So I went to a real estate, my first national real estate convention in 2008, okay? And at that time, smartphones were just coming out, and they were saying, imagine this if you will. Someday, 
you're going to be able to virtually walk through all that. And I was like, <laughs> no way. You know, and imagine having the internet on your phone. No way. It was just like the things yeah. that, you know, yeah. and so that was right. 12 years ago. And here we are now doing 3D virtual tours, rarely putting pen to paper to sign contracts. Everything is electronic signature. Mm. Don't I've gone completely paperless in my files. Actually, COVID was the kind of the Kickstarter to that. We were on our way with that. But um, I didn't think I was going to get there as fast as I did going paperless with files. So when I look at what's happened from when I started to even what's happened this year, to think about where do we go two to three years from now, it's kind of mind-blowing to even let your mind go there. Like, what else can we do? We are already virtually walking through homes. I already have clients that are buying homes sight unseen or FaceTime touring, especially even before COVID. If I had an out-of-town client and they weren't going to get here and it's hot market, I would do a FaceTime tour or record short videos and send them to them, but try to do live tour if I could. Yeah. Um, and then when with COVID and people maybe not necessarily wanting to leave the house, it was... A lot of the FaceTime tours that way too. Mm-hmm. So, where do we go from here? I don't even I don't even <laughs> know what to say to that. Yeah. Like, do you guys have any ideas as people who may be buying or selling a house in the future? Like, <laughs> I'm imagining like a virtual you in the house touring it, maybe. Ooh, uh, that could be cool. Two places at once, you could like pre-record it, saying, "Hello, Ryan, come this way." <laughs> I don't know, like. Maybe like Oculus, like the Oculus or like the headset VR, you know, you walk through. Sure. Like the realtor walks through. That's cool. And then, you know, hey, you want to see this? Put your Oculus on and like you just, okay, all right. And you can like video game your way through the house. You know, it's pretty possible, I bet. You could open drawers, open cabinets, whatever, all through that. I don't think the technology is too far away to completely be able to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's only 12 years ago. I mean, we laugh about it now, but you said it's only 12 years ago we we're, were talking about virtual tours and... It didn't and, exist. And so what, right. what's yeah. the next technology that's yeah. going to blow right. us away? Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't think is ever going to go away is the need for a professional. You know, there's, there's a number of people that... I get it when sellers want to sell their home on their own to try to save the money. I get mm-hmm. it. But you are dealing with the largest financial decision you make in your life, you know? Yep. You don't, as a, you know, if you need to have a tooth pulled, you don't do it yourself. If you need to have a surgery, you don't do it yourself, you know? Like, right. why would you? So, um, so I, I think that, and when things go great, they go great. But when, when it's, oh, now our septic failed and we have to get that updated. Or, oh, shoot, the buyer's financing, you know, fell through. Do we try to get them somebody else you know there's just there's just always steps and I just think that having a, a trusted professional with you to guide you and always be looking two steps ahead I don't think that ever should go away or will go away you know mm-hmm. and and it seems like every year when they revise the forms there's one more page that gets added and I just go oh it's job security because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can do those pages with my eyes closed practically yeah. you know yeah. with yeah. the filling in the blank part and and I see the googly eyes happen with you, you know, just kind of spinning when you're going over it with yeah. them for the first time because it's really unfamiliar. You yeah. do it very few times in your life, mm-hmm. you right. know. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I guess, how you keep evolving as a real estate agent? Like the time, I mean, the balance that you put into tours, scheduling tours, but also 
self-education of how the market's changing, how the real estate industry is changing. Mm-hmm. And what's that balance like? If somebody's listening that wants to jump into real estate, like how do I keep up with what's going on in the industry, but also like manage my clientele and my leads and everything? Yeah. Um, it is a balance. And then you got your work life, you know, your personal life balance in all of that too. Um, so as a licensed realtor, you, you are required to have so many hours of continuing education. So, and you can choose, there's some required modules, but there, other than that, there is um, elective things. So if you have a certain passion to learn more about staging or um, negotiating or whatever it might be, you can mm-hmm. seek out specific classes for that. So that's 15 hours a year, you know, to do that. Real estate agents are starting to show houses this way or market themselves this way. Do you see like just that balance of like how do you keep up with the times in the industry, but also keep making money for yourself? Right. Yeah. It's the spinning plates game. You know, it's like this one's going good. I'm going to start another one. Oh no, that one's starting to wobble. I got to go back to this one. Yeah. It's a continual way to try to balance it. When you my advice for someone who wants to get into this and really wants to make a career out of it is when you get to the point where you feel like you're struggling with that balance, you know, like, oh, I want to learn more, but my gosh, these leads keep coming in and I, you know, I just, there's not enough me to go around, mm-hmm. hire somebody or get on a team or something. You know, there's, um, I, I hired my assistant, Carrie, she's amazing. Um, I hired her in 2013 and um, I hemmed and about it for like two or, well, 2013, okay, I got in the business in 2005. I bet it was three to four years in where I was just like, business is growing. I don't know how to change. I don't want my level of service to change. I Mm -hmm. want to keep learning new things. I want more time in front of people, not managing files. And so I hemmed and hawed for a couple years over how to manage that. And then finally, because it's scary to take the leap to hire somebody else and then, you know, to have that, how does that all look and what do you do there? And mm-hmm. there's a million different ways you can structure that right. as, a, as a realtor. Um, but that is like the next step. Like when you're getting too busy to not know how to do all that stuff, you've got to make that investment because I'll tell you, my career took off even more once I hired her. And it's another thing, like I haven't looked back, you know, it's just... Yeah. She is super amazing what she does. She's just an extension of me. She's like, when I hired her, she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to get my license. I just want to do desk work. And I said, that's fine. No, that's what I hired you for. And then within a year, she's like, okay, maybe I want to get my license. (laughs) So now she has the ability to show homes for our clients too, which is really nice. And, um, but her skills are to do that file management stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. even those paperless now and my skills are, I can do that. Yeah. But I have way more fun out being out with people, and, and, and you know that's where my strengths are. It's just to be yeah. interacting with people and helping them get to the next stage of their life. I don't want to be managing paperwork, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay. it was hard to let go of that, even though it's managing paper and file work. Like it's your own business, right? Yes. Uh, as an entrepreneur, as you are, it was hard to let go of some of that like responsibility. Yes. Or was immediately like. Phew. No, really hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. Um, I am someone who really. I hate the word control freak. I, I, re, I hate those words, but I'm somebody who really likes to be managing situation, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AKA control <laughs> um, So yes, it was super hard. And um, it's just another thing that just takes time. You know, I, so when I took her on, 
um, she was my shit. You know, she shadowed me for a good month straight. Every mm-hmm. appointment I went on, every call, you know, her desk is by mine. Heard me on the phone, and it's like, okay, you think you got the hang of that? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand this over to you. And now there's things that I don't even. After I sign a listing contract, she takes it from there. She schedules the photographer. She schedules. Um, you know, she does all the inputting of the house. She gets yeah. everything all marketing online, and I don't, I don't have to worry about nice. it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really wonderful. Awesome. So, and you had kind of already mentioned it, but your work-life balance and your family, and you know, you said juggling plates, but how does that work? in? because I know for a lot of real estate agents and me looking for a house, like. I want to look at a house on the weekend when I'm not working my nine to five. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would assume that that takes up a lot of your, your weekend time. And Mm -hmm. how are you balancing the real estate business and your family? That took me a long time to figure out. And so I would love to share this nugget of advice for anyone who is listening and, and is thinking about real estate as a career. It is, it is okay to have appointments with your family. You don't have to um, say that you're with your, I mean, you don't have to say what you're doing. Just, you know, if someone's like, I, I you know, I want to go look at this house tomorrow. I'm sorry, I'm not available at that time. Would this time work instead? You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to say what you're doing. Yeah. I had all this time of guilt. I've, I've had, my kids are 11 and 13 now. So I've been raising them as I've been growing my business. And it was so hard to figure out how to manage all that. So it's okay to just be like, I'm, I'm sorry, that time doesn't work for me. Let's let's figure out something or even a better suggestion when I it took me years to figure this out but when I meet a brand new client now I say um, do you have weekday daytime availability or do you need an evening or off peak time and so I'm kind of setting the impression of like I would prefer weekday daytime availability but I also understand that I'm in the business where you may have a day job and that doesn't work for you and I'm available by appointment for evenings and weekends Mm-hmm. And and that seems to go really well to set my to to help to say what my schedule is first. Yeah. Or like I play volleyball on Thursdays. I play volleyball year round on Thursdays. I have been for years. And so when I'm tell, when they're like I need you know I work till five every day. Awesome. So my nights that I'm available are Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and yep. then weekends by appointment. You know, like I just. Mm-hmm. But if I never told them that I wasn't available Thursdays, inevitably they'd want to see a house on a Thursday and I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not available. And it's like I'm on the reactive to it, you know, as opposed to if they know my schedule up front or now I carry. And so that just makes it easier to to Mm -hmm. just, you know, say that um, she could be available at that time. But yeah, yeah. so, you know, for you to say first, like here's here's the times that work best for me, but I'm also available by appointment on nights and weekends and... um, and just being okay with that and, and knowing that it's okay that you have a life too. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so. so yeah, ahead. really just setting that expectation up front. So on the back end when, you know, you're not letting them down. Right. They know what to expect from you and you go from there. Yes. You know, yeah, not letting your family down either because I'm sure as your business is growing and you feel the pressure to say yes to everybody you've heard that, you know, through all this podcast, the common theme was like, being okay with, you know, taking care of number one, sure. like yourself and your family, and not necessarily saying yes to everybody and every single time, and then without thinking about you're in it so much that you're not seeing, you know, take time for yourself or your family. Yeah, because if you're not a healthy you, you're not good to anybody, right? right? And they, I mean, 
That's a constant balancing act, especially if it is the busy time. Because what never goes away is the phone. You know, mm-hmm. I might not physically be able to be available. So texting is a wonderful thing sometimes to just be like, yeah, I'm helping my son with his homework, but I can certainly be communicating with a client and yeah. feel like I can manage that super easily. You know, if it's something that's text worthy, if it's really important, I'm not texting sure. it. Um, and, and then my other joke is like, I can be at the lake and still be available. I can be at the lake and still be available. You know, it's yeah. like in, in that, in my industry, that just is what it is. Yeah. And you just have to have peace with it and know what your boundaries are of when, you know, what's, what's not um, negotiable for time and the rest you just, you make, you just make it work. But mm-hmm. it takes it takes some years. It takes some experience to be able to do it. Because yeah. when things are snapping and moving, like there are pressure, you know, timeline things that the, the clock is not forgiving to the situation no matter what. Yeah. Right. Doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. certainly are those cases. But that's you kind of get a rush in those situations too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You had mentioned when you take on a new client. Mm-hmm. So how are you continuing to build your book of business today? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful and really fortunate that I've been doing this long enough that a lot of my business is either repeat clients or referral business. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really, really grateful for that. Uh, starting out, it was a lot of just working your sphere. You know, we all know people. We all just don't be a secret whatever profession you are, in my case, don't be a secret agent, you know, let people know what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my advice for new people is just work your sphere in the beginning. There's lots of things that you can do that are, are little to no cost for, you know, promoting yourself on Facebook or sure. um, posting great articles and asking people to share them or that kind of stuff. Right. So. Um, online marketing, I still get new leads from online marketing. If I, if I have a new listing, then that will sometimes generate new buyers that I'll call off of what I do for marketing my, my seller's properties. So I'll get, you know, fresh leads that way too, or, or people that just, um, the other, the most other common place that I'm getting new business from is my online reviews. So there's something else that doesn't cost anything other than an ask to get Mm -hmm. and if you're new in your industry maybe you're asking for reviews of character you know just you know i they're a great person they work hard i you know it doesn't maybe it's not someone that's worked with you yet if you're new to what you're doing but they can still say great testimony of character to you you know but every um every time that i've closed business i i ask for a review either zillow's a big one you know buyers like the the website zillow so I have a lot of reviews on Zillow, um, and then um, Google and Facebook too. You know, our main main three. So when I get a call, and I whenever I do get a new business call, I, I do always ask, "Oh, did somebody refer me to you that I can thank?" Or, or yeah. I, I like to track my marketing. Do you mind if I ask where yeah. you found me? Yeah. And it seems like online online reviews is the most common of like um, not having a source to credit where the business came from. It's I think it's super powerful. Like a review like somebody can just go out write this up and you being able to ask like you had mentioned a review of character for Mm -hmm. somebody just starting out I think that's so huge like Mm -hmm. something that I've never really thought of previously and what an easy way to get a Google review right off the bat Mm -hmm. Um, with where I work today we are constantly asking and sending out emails to our customers hey we'll give you a gift certificate if you'll write us a, a Google review good or bad you know whatever it is and a lot of 
customers come that way. Okay. You know, oh, hey, we heard about you from so-and-so, but the final straw was we went and saw that review. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a super good point. Yeah, I'm in the hospital industry on the marketing side, and we're trying to do that with even patients searching for physicians or providers that they want to establish care with. And they're doing the research online, they're trying to find out, you know, what's this doctor like? Good, bad, or, mm-hmm. or the ugly, or whatever. And then just having that transparency, I think, is huge. I do want to, so I want to get this right. Um, stop me if I'm wrong. You mentioned you're consistently in the top 10. Mm-hmm. In our market, of over 450 agents, mm-hmm. currently this year to date being number four. Mm-hmm. What's your drive? How do you keep doing it without giving too much away? Like <laughs> the, the hunger that you have for this is it like a it's a drive you always had, just to keep going after number three and number two, or just so the first answer is. I just absolutely love helping people. Like it brings me so much joy mm-hmm. to help someone to find the next place they're going to live their life, buy their first house, mm-hmm. buy their first investment property, you know, sell cuz they're retiring, whatever it is. And so I think that just radiates with who I meet and that just, you know, it's just who I am. It's in my DNA. But with that then comes like happy clients who tell more people and so then the you know the business just evolves that way so um there is certainly a competitive edge to me too that like likes that Mm -hmm. that rank um but it's really just more about like i just love to make someone super happy with their experience and then go tell somebody else and spread spread the word that way Mm -hmm. and it just it just snowballs into that so um and I, so when I'm meeting with a new prospective seller I, and I present my market analysis information, I have a resume on there, in there, and I say I include a resume because I feel like this is a job interview, you know? I feel yeah. like you're interviewing me to do one of the largest financial decisions you'll make. And I'll have that, those statistics in there. Um, and, but then I also say, you know what, I'm not saying this to Brig when I share this information with you. I'm just saying this so that you know that you're sitting with someone who's super passionate about what they do yeah. and that I just, I am full-time and I'm in business and I'm just here to, you know, work really hard for you. Yeah. And so any, any of where that comes from, it's not a, it's not an ego thing for me to say it. It's just a, um, a result of hard work. Yeah. In the core of helping people, I yeah. can't imagine what that feeling is like when you help somebody purchase their first home and they say thank you and you see them walk in their house. Like that's a new life journey for that person. You played a huge role in that. It's so great. It's got to be gratifying. <laughs> One of my favorite stories, I had this couple and the, the woman was over the top giddy. First time buying a house, you know. And she was... Her energy filled the room. Her voice filled the room. Her laughter filled the room. And when we were all done, I gave her the keys, and she about fell off her chair. She was so excited, you know. And then her husband goes, I'm pretty excited, too. And, like, that was, like, the, you know, and there's her, and then there's him. Like, that was as high as he got. It's him jumping and, up and down. Yes. Just complete yeah, opposite. Just complete opposites. Yeah. It's so fun. It's it's so rewarding. It's just, yeah. it's so great. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I have two more questions. Okay. All right. So before I get to asking you about a market analysis, looking forward to the next six months for this area. Okay. <laughs> um, are you at all with 
COVID and the winter months, I would imagine that there's going to be a slowdown of people moving, going across, you know, quarantines. Um, as far as like building a connection, I know you had mentioned, you know, you do 3D walkthroughs or tours on houses, but mm-hmm. are you at all nervous about losing that face-to-face personal connection, shaking hands, because this is a relationship business. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about that? Are you nervous? And how are you prepared to still continue to build just as much of a relationship with those individuals? It's not anything I'm nervous about with technology. And like right when COVID hit, everything switched to Zoom meetings, you know. Mm-hmm. So even if it was a brand new buyer consultation before COVID, sometimes I would even just do them on the phone. We wouldn't necessarily meet in person the first time. But then it was like this extra push to go like, no, let's actually face-to-face Zoom for our first appointment. I, I never, you never want to miss an opportunity to meet face-to-face with someone if you can, or to talk on the phone if you can. You know, texting is really convenient, but there's a time and a place for it. You know. Right. Um, no, I, I don't worry about it. I guess even you know before this appointment here today, I had a closing, and we're not. Most realtors aren't going in the closing t- room right now. And that is a little bit of a bummer. Like that's your high five, pop the champagne, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like the, the big hurrah. And we all, instead we all sat in our cars <laughs> outside of the title company. When it was summer, we would just stand outside and talk, but as yeah. it was getting colder, we're, you know, kind of sitting in our cars. But we're still making the extra effort to make that face-to-face connection. And so I tell my sellers and buyers now, I'm like, I'll be there in the parking lot for moral support. I'll... You know, hand you the keys when we're done, but I won't physically be in the room with you, and and, and they understand. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's adaptability. That's another yeah. huge part of success is being yeah. able to adapt mm-hmm. to a different situation. Okay. So if I was going to sign up with you to mm-hmm. help me find a house, what are we talking about the next three to six months? How are we looking? Oh my goodness. I brought numbers because I actually was, I hadn't looked at the actual, you know, hard data recently. My summary of what I tell people is it's a really fun time to be a seller. It's a really challenging time to be a buyer. There are still so many more buyers than there are homes for sale. And there's a number of factors for that. It's um, interest rates. You know, people want to take advantage of, of how great the interest rates are. Yeah. Um, rent affordability is, is challenging. You know, people like they're saying I'm gonna stay put for a while it just seems to make sense you know mm-hmm. um, people that have been in their space now long enough that they want different space they're sick of looking at their same inside walls and and then you know less people selling because of COVID also you know just saying the timing is not right for me so all these things are creating this trifecta of, of demand even going into winter my personal prediction is that spring is going to be as gangbusters or more than it has been this year. And when we say spring, I'm talking like, it seems like the weekend after the Super Bowl is what I define <laughs> the spring market. Right. Not particularly because of that event. That yeah. just seems to be when yeah. the calendar shifts. Like mm-hmm. we are definitely in the more quiet time of just holiday time and whatever, but it's not weather that changes. So um, that changes people's, you know, moving or selling right now. So. But some interesting, like, actual hard number data that I thought yeah. I was kind of shocked. So what I have here is the Lake Superior Association of Realtors. That's our local area. From October last year, just comparing October. October last year, 
in October this year, there are 41% less homes available for sale. 41%. So when you have more buyers looking at 41% less available homes for sale, you can see what that's doing to multiple offer situations, Mm -hmm. prices going up. It's just, it's crazy. So these buyers are going to continue to want to be, they want to buy a home now. You know, anyone who's Mm -hmm. out looking right now wants to buy a home now. There's not a lot to look at. And so they're going to, you know, they hope to find something sooner than later, but maybe they're shopping till spring when traditionally sellers think is a good time to list. I'm saying don't wait till spring. If you, if you want to move now, don't wait. Um, But they're waiting for that, you know, then, oh, maybe it would take me till spring. Well, then there's the buyers that traditionally mindset think, well, spring's when I'm ready to go look for a house or that's the time to start looking because more homes are available. (laughs) And it's just going to just be nuts. I mean, this last spring, the last several years, you had you have to be with in a house within 24 hours. If you have a buyer, if you're a buyer, you got to be in within 24 hours, or and and then even still plan on being in a multiple offer situation. If it's you know it's cute and it's priced right, it doesn't. I'm not. It doesn't matter the price range. It doesn't matter the location. If it there's just everywhere, mm-hmm. everybody. That's bananas to me. Like this is the biggest life purchase one of the biggest purchases that you're gonna make and you have 24 hours to decide like oh my, gosh. my parents are looking right now they have lost out on two separate houses on their way to look at the house on like, the way. like it's gone turn around it's like it was just listed two days ago or yesterday so from somebody in in your position you've been in the industry you have a big book does this having 41 percent less houses out there I understand that that means that there's more competition from other agents in the area, mm-hmm. but does that help you from the financial perspective? Because you're going to be in bidding wars. Costs are going to be going up. People are listing their houses for probably higher than what you would normally see. Mm-hmm. Does that help you from a fiscal standpoint? Me personally? Yeah, for, for a real, realtor that's in the industry. Oh. like you know, Do they benefit from low low supply more or less well, sure yep and that's not we always put our clients interests first you of know course. so it's not like how much am i going to make if this person buys this house but mm-hmm. um it's certainly been a lucrative year for you know for yeah. that just with how that's going so um yeah so but for home sellers too people that have only bought just a couple years ago and now they're moving or upgrading their space so Average sales price is up. This is year to date. This um, average sales price is up 9.8% over last year, year to date. So wow. people are making some, some good money yeah. in possibly a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That makes, yeah. That makes, you know, doesn't make the buyers very happy. When a buyer will say, yeah. they, they only paid this much and they haven't done anything other than paint yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. And now they want, what? You know, and it's like right. the market, the market's the market. And it's, it's the yeah. corniest saying, but it's so true. Like the market decides. When I have sellers that tell me, I want to try to list my home for X amount of dollars. And if it's not the range that I necessarily recommended. If I think they're pushing the envelope a little bit, I say, the market will tell you. I'm super confident in what I do for marketing, so the market's yeah. gonna tell you if you're where yeah. you're supposed to be or not. Yeah. Because with as crazy it's been, if you don't have you know, 10 showings or at least two offers in four days, you're probably overpriced. 
<laughs> I'm wow. kind of exaggerating there a little bit, but yeah, you know, wow, not always. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody does want to work with you, mm-hmm. how would they get in touch with you? So they can go to my website, which is thelockygroup.com, which is the L-O-K-K-E group.com. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. It's Alicia Locky, comma, Realtor, comma, Real Living Messina and Associates. Um, can we see my phone number too? I can say <laughs> if you want. Oh. You never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. Yeah. Um, my phone number two one eight five nine zero zero four three one. Perfect. And there'll be a link on our Instagram post for this. So anybody that is listening and driving right now, uh, we'll make sure that the information is available. <laughs> yeah. One last question. Just. Um... One piece of advice for our listeners, this could be anybody that's thinking about going into the real estate industry or just taking that leap, okay. uh, whether it's starting their own business, like for you it was you know, the sales job and you took the leap to go to real estate, really you took the leap you know, for your personal self. Let's, I guess one piece of advice you can give our listeners for overcoming that fear of taking the leap. Um. Positive affirmations. <laughs> and, and some people, it's really corny, but just really like believing in yourself. And if you don't, you gotta, you gotta keep telling yourself you believe in yourself. You know, like you gotta, if you, if you have internal fears, well, that's good, right? Because it means you're challenging yourself. But mm-hmm. you gotta find a way to, um, to push yourself into that new thing, and making sure that you surround yourself with supportive people. And successful people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when I, so I, I didn't say in my story about when I transitioned from working for Sherry Benji to going to Messina and Associates. It, I had only been with Sherry for a year and a half, and um, she. I ultimately knew I wanted to be working in Duluth. Her office was in Esco, and um, at that time I was deciding between a couple different companies. But all the best agents worked at Messina. And so I was like, well, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the best, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're starting a new career, surround yourself with successful people. Find someone who you can shadow. Have supportive people in your personal life, you know. Nobody wants a you're either a motor or an anchor to somebody, right? So mm-hmm. make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are other motors, not someone who's yeah. going to drag you down, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're all in this to just live a good, happy life and and make the best you can make of it and take chances and just. And don't settle, you know, mm-hmm. just don't settle for what you're doing. If you're not happy with what you're doing, you got to just, life's too short. It's too short. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, thank we you. We appreciate you coming on. And this was, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that conversation we had with Alicia. I know we did. She dropped a lot of good information talking about how she took that jump from a sales management role uh, right into the real estate industry and uh, entrepreneurship and a couple of items of success that she shared with us after the podcast that we want to let you all know about uh, is number one she mentioned it's really important to be organized and have systems in place to be organized and number two is along with working your sphere that she talked about in the podcast is keeping in touch with past clients and how important that is and how yearly she reaches out to her past clients just to keep her name out there uh, her face out there and keep that relationship strong for a really good referral support. So again, hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Please subscribe, follow us on at Finding Fire Podcast. And as always, we appreciate your support.
Thank you.